up, what up, what up? Welcome to Hardcore Casual. My name is Wack Ops. How you doing? Welcome to the very special bonus episode. We're talking all about Gamescom on this very special bonus episode. If you missed it, go back and listen to our episode 10. That's right, 10. We finally made it to double digits, y'all. Thank you very much for being a part of the journey. This week is all about Gamescom, of course, but our episode 10 was a little heavy. So we're going to lighten the mood and talk all about games. It's the only thing we're talking about on this bonus episode. So let's start with Xbox Showcase. They started off with showing Dying Light 2. Of course, we've seen a lot of Dying Light 2 so far, mostly because of the delays that they've gone through. They've gone through at least two delays in the last year, mostly because of COVID and all that good stuff. But we're finally going to get it on December 7th. If you haven't heard about Dying Light 2, it is a follow-up to the open-world parkour zombie RPG. It is pretty good. I don't typically like zombie games, uh, mostly because they play on the horror. And with horror, they're going to restrict your movement and things like that. And I'm not that kind of person. I like to be able to move around freely. And this game seems to honestly have risen to be one of my favorites, one of the things I'm looking forward to most this year. Next, they showed off Microsoft Flight Simulator, one of the most beautiful games I have ever seen, probably the most beautiful game I've ever seen. Near photorealism, uh, hard to distinguish a difference, honestly, if, if you don't have perfect 2020 vision. So I'm impressed with Microsoft Flight Simulator. I can't wait to get a chance to play it when xCloud comes to Gen 8 consoles this holiday. Next, they went ahead and talked about Forza Horizon 5. That's coming out November 9th. Now, this is the best-looking racing game that is coming out this year. They showed the opening gameplay, probably like the opening mission or level or whatever. And between Forza and Flight Sim, these are the two best games that I think you can play visually on console that aren't on a Sony uh, platform. <laughs> so out of everything on the Xbox platform, these two definitely look the best, at least in st- until Stalker comes out. Next, they showed off the gunk, and that is coming to us December of this year. It is a planet exploration game. It's like environment focused. This title is playing to a younger demographic, so I'm curious to see what combat looks like. They didn't show us too much of the game, but I love seeing a person of color as a protagonist, especially a younger person of color, getting kids involved with this pretty young. I I like it, and I hope that Xbox continues to show off games for younger audiences at their showcases. They've been doing a really good job of not forgetting about the kids who play these games and not just all us adults who like to yell and scream on Twitter. That one was really cool. So that was pretty much it from the Xbox showcase. They didn't really show that much. Um, I expected a lot more from them, but at the end of the day, they had other things to show off. And I think as far as they're concerned, they've been killing it this year in the whole platform wars, console wars debate. So next is the actual Gamescom opening night live day one. Now, they started off with a whole litany of AAA games. They showed off Call of Duty Vanguard and some game, uh, some story gameplay. Uh, that's going to be coming out November 5th. 
Next, we got a update from the Horizon Forbidden West developer, and we actually got a release date for Horizon Forbidden West. That's going to be coming out February 18th, 2022. I'm very excited for this game, but I know a lot of people were heartbroken when they heard that. We knew we were probably going to get a release date here. Um, if not here, then very, very soon. But given that Sony had already had a state of play recently, this was the most likely candidate. And honestly, it, it lays bare that Sony's first-party exclusives for the holidays are just not here. Very few. Uh, I, I don't. I don't consider September releases as holiday releases, so... It's going to be a tough year for PS5 fans, but luckily you have a bunch of third-party games that we're about to get into. Um, next, we had LEGO Star Wars Skywalker Saga. That's going to actually, we finally got a release window, at least for LEGOs, because from what I understand, they've been working on this for a while. That's spring 2022. And again, what makes this one cool, because I usually don't highlight LEGO games, even though Honestly, objectively, they're pretty decent, especially if you're playing with uh, some of your younger siblings or something like that. The cool thing about this Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga is you get to play all six movies, and they're written in that Legos format where it's fun and it's light and humorous, and I think it's a really good time. Next, they showed a horror title that absolutely scared me, so I had to bring it up. It was The Outlast Trials. Now, that's not going to be coming out till next year, 2022, but I know any game that scares me will probably excite some of the horror fans out there, so if you like horror titles, definitely keep an eye out for Outlast Trials. And then last of kind of the bigger games that I'm kind of just running through is Riders Republic, and that is coming from Ubisoft, of course. It's their open world, multiplayer, X Games, metaverse thing that they're trying over there. Now, the beta is going to go live for everyone on August 28th. They just recently had a beta, I believe. And it's going to officially release on October 28th. So I'm excited for this one, man. I, I actually saw a couple of reviews online so far, and they're not bad. They're not bad. Let's see how the monetization goes, but Honestly, what's the worst that can happen? I don't I don't know that they'll totally ruin this one, not the way that maybe EA would. So, but that's just me speaking today. Who knows what happens tomorrow? But it, as it stands right now, I'm excited for this title. I'm going to at least give it a try when their beta goes live on August 28th. Now, let's get into some of the juicier titles that I personally found very exciting when they started dropping these trailers. Now, I will admit, a lot of these were cinematics. Not all of these were gameplay, and I'll get into why that's disappointing and which games. I'll, I'll make sure I point out to you, but every one of these games, I think you should definitely keep your eye on because I'm not actually going to be going through too many. This is going to be a pretty short and sweet episode for you guys. So let's go ahead and get started with Saints Row. Now, Saints Row showed off a long cinematic. It got a lot of people really excited because the Saints Row series needed a reset. You know what I mean? And recently in the week, they had posted something saying they were rebooting. This is the reboot that everybody was waiting on. And we got a cinematic, no gameplay, or minimal gameplay, very little. And it was in pre-alpha, so it's always hard to judge Things can change drastically, cyberpunk. And 
we actually have a release date that's in the next eight months. It's February 25th, 2022. A couple of things. One, February is going to be busy as hell. And two, I need to see more gameplay. Something tells me they're going to be going on a marketing blitz all through the holidays to promote their game because I can't get excited about a game that I haven't seen. But a couple more details about the game. This game is going to focus on building your criminal empire from the ground up like some of the early games. I know a lot of the fans of the early games missed certain aspects of that. So that is definitely going to be coming back. And hopefully they can make it fun without making it too, too cartoonish. I don't know. It's a fine line, I think, nowadays, especially when you have such titles as like Fortnite and things like that running around out there. And Grand Theft Auto is as big as it is. But we'll see. Saints Row fans seem excited. But again, it does fit into that narrative of let's let's get some gameplay and not just cinematics. Speaking of showing us cinematics, uh, Halo Infinite multiplayer had a story reveal. So essentially what that means is if you're playing the free-to-play mode, the online multiplayer, you know, the same thing we all play, there's going to be a story attached to that, much like the Call of Duties and the Fortnites and all these other live service shooters that we have on the market. Following that, they hit us with a release date. Now, we finally, finally, finally got a release date for Halo, and it's December 8th. Now, this is concerning for a lot of reasons that I actually went into in my episode 10, so go back and listen to this week's episode. It released this Friday, but yeah, man, yeah, December 8th. I'm excited that it's actually coming out this year. It is going to be coming out missing some game modes, but at the end of the day, I think if we're all allowed to play Halo with our friends on Christmas, it can't be the worst year ever, right? At Gamescom, they also announced that they're releasing a Halo 20th Anniversary Edition Elite Controller that's going to cost you 200 bucks, and then Halo Infinite Limited Edition Xbox Series X that's going to be released on November 15th, and best believe that the resellers have already got it on eBay for well over a thousand. So keep your eye out for that. Hopefully you'll get one in like a couple, <laughs> a couple of years, but no, but in all seriousness, congratulations to those of you who were quick on the draw and were able to get your hands on one of these limited edition Xbox Series X because they look really, really cool. It's a hell of a set piece if you were able to get the console with the controller. I know you are pumped for December 8th. Next, now this one really made me curious because you guys know I like to talk about comic books and, and comic book movies and shows and stuff. Marvel's Midnight Suns finally announced in a cinematic. We did not see gameplay, but we do know it is a tactics RPG. It's made by the same people who make XCOM. And apparently, you're going to be playing as a brand new character made just for this game. Now, the cinematic was dope. The cinematic included characters like Wolverine and Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel, Ghost Rider, and Blade. It was really, really cool. Like, honestly, it made me excited. It made me kind of mad that Marvel's Avengers is sitting over there not making the most of their situation, and we're getting all these cool characters with all this diverse, like, these diverse powers. 
and we're stuck in a tactics RPG. No offense to the genre. I like tactics RPGs, but I think that a lot of fans really, really want to play as their favorite character and fulfill that power fantasy. Hopefully this game gives us some of that. I think it's going to be a tough needle to thread with this one because I don't know how much overlap there is between the tactics RPG and the MCU fan base. But at the same time, you could be bringing in the giant whale that is the MCU fan base into this, you know, subgenre within the video game space that is tactics RPGs. I'm really excited. I hope this brings some more creativity and a cash injection into that genre even if the game doesn't turn out to be everything we wanted it to be. Hopefully th- this gameplay mechanic and this style of game will catch on since Marvel is willing to take a crack at it. And this is Marvel's Midnight Suns, and it's coming out March 2022. Now, the last game I wanted to talk about that was shown at opening night live is a weird one. It's this by a smaller team. It's by Devolver Digital, I believe. And it is called Cult of the Lamb. This is coming out in 2022. Now, why did this make me curious? Is because it mushed together so many different game types. And the aesthetic was so weird. So it's got a cute goth aesthetic. It's like a bunch of like stuffed animals and like devil worship and pedigrams and, and craziness, right? But the gameplay looks like Hades while your base kind of looks like Stardew Valley. So when you die in Hades and you go back to the, you know what I mean, your 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 crib and stuff. Now imagine that switched over to like a Stardew Valley style of gameplay where you're farming and you're collecting your building stuff. It was It was very interesting, just purely from a gameplay perspective, but also because I think Devolver Digital knows how to just make these fun little games that are are dark but but cute and fun and and engaging and who knows there's even it it even looked like it had a halfway decent story attached to it so who knows keep an eye on that i'm definitely going to be paying attention but that was the last title we wanted to talk about in day one of gamescom now moving on to day two day two had two shows that i wanted to talk about it's awesome indies and the future games show now at awesome indies we had four games that really caught my eye. First up was Serial Cleaners. Now, Serial Cleaners is a stealth game about cleaning up murder evidence. You're a cleaner. And the idea is to help other people clean up their mistakes and get away with their crimes. I love the concept. I love taking this stealth game mechanic and turning it on its head. It is an isometric, like, top-down situation, but... I'm really excited to play something that is not so immersive, but is still a stealth game. And a non-combat or a minimal combat game, I think, is always a little more challenging than a straight-up, like, can you sneak and kill everyone in the room? Because, I mean, no offense, I think we've all done that, whether we're playing Skyrim or Deus Ex or or whatever game, we've all played the the sneaky sniper archer character. You know what I mean? But this was really interesting, really fun, and I believe it's actually going to be out on Switch. So I'm going to be looking out for this one coming out in early 2022. Now, the next game I want to talk about is called Loop Mancer. Now, Loop Mancer does not have a release date, 
But this one was really cool because the combat looked so dynamic when I saw it. It is a 2.5D cyberpunk side scroller. And yeah, the combat looked complex and textured. It didn't look like um, just a boring, you know, one or two hits. No, like it looked like you had to strategize for the enemy type and different things like that. And I'm excited to see what Loopmancer actually ends up being because from what I can tell, there may be some time loop roguelike elements in there, but I don't want to say one way or another until I really get a good look at it. But definitely keep an eye out for that. Next is a weird one. This one was definitely, definitely made me check it out a couple of times. I watched their trailer a couple of times. Now, what I'm talking about is Terror Bane. Terror Bane is coming out Q1 2022. It's like a dungeon crawler with JRPG elements, but what makes this game so so interesting is the fact that the game introduces quote unquote bugs to you as game mechanics. So then you have to code and hack your way around these bugs or you can use these bugs and hacks as tools against enemies within the game. And it's very fourth wall breaking kind of storytelling. And I, I really dig that. There are a couple of games that really try and talk to you directly as the gamer. And there are times where it can be a little too much or even a little cheesy. But I think this one, using it, making it a part of the gameplay rather than just the narrative, I think is really cool. So please keep an eye out for that one. And that is, again, called Terror Bane coming out Q1. 2022. Next, this game, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know how to pronounce. Abyssus, I'm going to say. Abyss Us. Now, this game is not coming out for a while, y'all. So, you know, I'll probably talk about it again next year before it actually ends up coming out. But this one looked really cool, purely based on the aesthetic. It It is a quote, and this is straight from them, a brinepunk roguelike first-person shooter. First-person shooter roguelike, I don't see too, too often. That excites me. And then I've never seen Brian Punk before, man. I mean, not in a game, not... I guess you could consider certain parts of Bioshock Brian Punk, you know what I mean? The big daddies and things like that. But I don't know. I, I'm really curious to see what this ends up being. Obviously, we're a long way out, but if you you like keeping an eye on a game for years and years throughout its development cycle. Like me, I, I kind of like hearing all the stories as it comes out and little details and being on forums. I think Abyssus is definitely one of those games you want to, you know, mark down on your calendar. And again, Abyssus is coming out 2023. Now, day two, and this is going to be the last thing we talk about for today. Yes, I know we got through it quick. Now, this is the Future Games Show. The Future Games Show showed off quite a few games, but I won't lie to you. There was quite a bit of overlap. First, let's start where they finished. We're going to talk about Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. They announced two more characters. That is April O'Neil and Cat Dog. Now, this game is coming out fall 2021. I don't believe that it has been released yet, but I'm actually kind of excited for this one. If the game mechanics are halfway decent, I'm not saying it in any way it'll ever compete with Smash. Smash is end-all, be-all. But in terms of 
maybe my age group, I think this will be a fun little nostalgia kick that we pull out amongst ourselves. Like, I don't know if a lot of kids who are young now would even care about somebody like Cat Dog, you know what I mean? Or Helga from Hey Arnold or whoever, whatever character they have in the game, Reptar. But for people like me, I was born in 1994. For people like me, this game hits a little different. I want to I want to play as Patrick Star. You know what I mean? I want to play as whoever. So I'm excited for this one. Keep your eye out for that. But definitely check reviews first. I will say that because you know how these licensed games can be. Anytime they get licenses, that's where so much of that development cost goes to that sometimes the game doesn't really end up being very good. So I'm going to watch out for reviews, but if they end up decent, I'll probably pick this up on my Nintendo Switch if they allow me, and if not, I'll probably be playing it on my Xbox. Next, we have Rustler. This is coming out in like a couple of days. This comes out August 31st. It may be out right now at the time that you're listening to this. Rustler, the reason I'm talking about this one was because I thought the concept was like, so funny dude okay so it's a top-down grand theft auto inspired medieval open world game i'm i thought that was hilarious and they did it top down kind of like a chinatown wars or maybe even like gta 2 obviously with not as fast paced because there aren't cars you're not being chased by uh, cop cars but like it's definitely you can tell the aesthetic isn't quite there But the quests seem like it's up that alley just in terms of the humor and the silliness. So I think if you like medieval open world games, if you're a big fan of fantasy games, maybe pick up Rustler because I think this is a fun overlap between these two genres that doesn't take itself too seriously. I like games that can be fun and not take themselves too seriously and talk openly about what inspired them. I like that this game was just like, no, this is a GTA-inspired medieval open-world game straight off the rip. I like that. So, who knows? I'm going to check it out. I think it's going to be out on Steam in the next coming days. Now, we're going to finish out with two games. One game is out already, and another game isn't going to be out until hopefully next year. They're targeting next year. Both of these games are what I would consider metaverse games. Now, metaverse... The the easiest way for me to describe it is look at Fortnite and how you spend time there even when you're not playing a game mode. That is where you kind of cross the threshold into a metaverse, at least the way these marketing companies like to talk about it. But I think both of these games have openly said those words, so that is why I'm using them. First up is Ar- Arcade Geddon. Now, Arcade Geddon is out now. From what I saw and from what a lot of other people saw, this isn't just my take, Fourteen, uh, it, it is a very much a Fortnite copy or clone. It has that same art style. It has very similar animations and game modes and game mechanics. It is a multiplayer online shooter, and, you know, it looks fun. But they have been pushing this really hard. That's another reason why I wanted to bring it up, because... I saw this everywhere at E3, and I also saw it everywhere this year at Gamescom, and I'm curious who's putting this out, because they're blowing a lot of marketing dollars trying to get you into their ecosystem. 
And more than that, you guys should start paying attention to more metaverses popping up. Speaking of which, we're going to talk about DOKV. DOKV is targeting, like I said, a 2022 release. This is a game made by a Korean developer, and it is also a metaverse game. What makes this one different, though, is one, the animation style is like very cute, but kind of creepy. It's it's almost a little too realistic. You play as children with what seems like to be superpowers, and it is, it's almost like, the only way I could think about it and when I first saw it was like if Saints Row was for Fortnite kids. Like it was so many colors and explosions. They had mechanics like the Zelda zip line, but you could also swing like Spider-Man. There's a just a million little activities to do, and there's cute pets and animals and friends and and the combat, what why I'm even engaging with it is because the combat looked snappy. It looked good. It looked like Biomutant. Almost. I mean, obviously, a lot of people had bad things to say about Biomutant's combat. It was kind of a mixed bag there. But I think for an open world game, uh, metaverse targeting children, yeah, I think that's pretty good. I don't, I don't think young kids would care that much. And quite frankly, I don't think this is even just targeting young kids. I think a lot of adults are going to like this game because if they can hit a certain graphical, you know, resolution... And they can also show up with snappy gameplay. Hey, man, it it's it seems like they might have a formula that might work. Out of all these games trying to get your attention and try and get you into this greater, you know, walled garden ecosystem, whatever word, metaverse, all these different words we use for it. All these people trying to copy a Fortnite or an Apple or a Game Pass. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think V has a pretty good shot at it because I don't see too many of these marketed toward the Asian market very much. I think if they can get this on Switch, that'd be really dope. Like, I see a lot of potential for this game, even though, honestly, it looks really annoying to me. It's a game I could talk the most about without actually ever playing it. So go check it out. If you can get through the full trailer, do, because it's curious. I watched some developer interviews and... This one stole the show. I'm not the only one. I, I see it all over the internet. They they had, I believe, half a million views on YouTube, just their trailer alone outside of Gamescom, and like a half a million views on Twitter. So obviously, if they can get the social aspect, they can get social media behind it. I think this might be one of the next big waves in gaming if they can pull it off. But you didn't hear it from me. With that, we're going to conclude our very special bonus episode i wanted to do something special for our 10th week out i wanted to show appreciation for all of you who have been here with me since the beginning i won't lie to you gamescom totally smacked me in the face this week especially with all the other news that if you did for all of you that did listen to episode 10 obviously i had all of that to go back and report on and mind you we cut i would say 20, 25 games off this list that I wanted to talk about. We cut like 10 stories. This week was insane. So please do yourself a favor. Listen to not only this, when you get done with this, if you haven't already, go listen to episode 10. Go follow us on Instagram. Go follow us on Twitter at WACOPS, W H A C K O P Z. You can also reach me at my email. That's WACOPS at Gmail. Again, 
W-H-A-C-K-O-P-Z at gmail.com. I love you guys. Thank you so much. I have to go get some rest. Hopefully I get this out on Friday night, but it'll probably get to you Saturday midday because I'm human. So thank you again. I appreciate you. Stay blessed. My name is Wack Ops. This is Hardcore Casual. Be cool. Have fun. Stay dangerous. Dangerous.